0: G'day everyone, welcome to this week's edition of The Journey. It's the 22nd Sunday in Ordinary Time, or the week thereof. And it's also a little thing in the Australian Church called Social Justice Sunday, which is um, really important, accompanied by a message each year from the Australian Catholic Bishops. And as a result, we're going to have a bit of a special focus on that in today's show too. We've got a a really wonderful interview that uh, Max Norden, our uh, sound editor and general legend, has been able to do with Dr Lauren Cadwell. She's from Catholic Care in Sydney. And Max is going to be interviewing her about this year's 2022, just this year's, isn't it? Social justice statement. I think you're going to find that really interesting, really good conversation that Max has been able to have with Dr. Lauren Cadwell. We're also, going, to, of course, going to be hearing from Mother Hilda Scott. She's going to talk to us about the simplicity and grace with which God works in our lives. Awesome to have the wonderful bloke from down in Tasmania there, Father Mike Delaney. He's going to talk to us about where you can go to be Refreshed and recreated and how we all need that in our lives But to kick us off, we're going to hear from an awesome fella, Father Stephen Drum He's got a great breaking opener of this week's scriptures Well, the gospel reading for this week specifically Luke 14, 1 and 7 to 14 Everyone who exalts himself will be humbled And he's going to talk to us about humility And how we can be actively and practically humble in the way that we live our daily lives for simply putting others first. Here again, I love what he's got to say. It's so, as I said, simple and practical. Lots of great music to get through in the show as well. You'll be hearing some Matt Maher shortly, Awake My Soul. That's, that's after this wonderful gospel reflection we've got from Father Stephen Drum. Let's get into that now. The gospel proclaimed by Max Norden. Faith, hope, love, and life. My name's Jude Hennessy. I really hope you enjoy this week,
1: The Journey. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. On the Sabbath day, Jesus had gone for a meal to the house of one of the leading Pharisees, and they watched him closely. He then told the guests a parable because he had noticed how they had picked the places of honour. He said this, "'When someone invites you to a wedding feast, "'do not take your seat in the place of honour. "'A more distinguished person than you may have been invited,' and the person who invited you both may come and say, Give up your place to this man. And then, to your embarrassment, you would have to go and take the lowest place. No. When you're a guest, make your way to the lowest place and sit there, so that when your host comes, he may say, My friend, move up higher. In that way, everyone with you at table will see you on it. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and the man who humbles himself will be exalted. Then he said to his host, When you give a lunch or a dinner, do not ask your friends, brothers, relations or rich neighbours, for fear they repay your courtesy by inviting you in return. No, when you have a party, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind... That they cannot pay you back means that you are fortunate because repayment will be made to you when the virtuous rise again. The Gospel of the Lord. And now, the Gospel Reflection with Father Stephen Drum.
2: So, what a beautiful Gospel we have for this Social Justice Sunday. And it talks about this desire that we have many times to look for places of honour and to look after ourselves. But Jesus was talking a lot about the humility that's needed and the importance of humility in our lives. Whenever I hear of humility, I always remember a song my dad used to play a lot. It's hard to be humble when you're perfect in every way. And I always used to think about that a lot. And Jesus tells us that humility is not all about perfection. It's not really about uh, whether you're good or bad in comparison to others. It's Something something deeper. Humility is about willing to put others first wanting to reach out to others and and putting them in the first position. And we see that very clearly in the first reading. It talks about being a humble person is a generous giver, someone who gives everything that they've got towards the good of others, and especially for those who need it the most. And so we see that humility is anchored in being equal with others. And in the second reading, we hear that as well too. It says, everyone is a firstborn person, firstborn child and a citizen of heaven. That's the reality of the kingdom of God. So the more that we're given, the more we should be looking to put to give it to other people, to be responsible for others, to look to, to help others, rather than just to look for your own position of power, your own position of honor, because that's not what Jesus did. One of the things I really love about Jesus is that he always put other people first. And we see that in, there's a very nice reading in the Philippians, a letter to the Philippians from chapter two, it says, Look at Jesus, who being in the form of a God, didn't count equality with God something to be grasped. But he emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, becoming as human beings are, and being in every way like a human being, he was humbler yet, even to accept death, death on the cross. And it says, For this, God raised him up and gave him a name that's above all other names. So now, let's try and follow his lead. Let's try and be humble by putting others in the first spot. And allow God to do the one of lifting up who he wants to be in the higher spots and who he wants to show that they're living their life in the best way. The more that you've been given, the greater capacity you have to give to other people as well.
3: You're listening to The Journey. Music, interviews and wisdom for living life to the full.
4: A thousand tongues to sing my great Redeemer's praise, the glories of my God and King, the triumphs of His grace. A thousand songs are not enough to say. How great you are, the glory.
3: Listening to the journey music, interviews and wisdom for living
5: life to the full.
1: Now wisdom from the Abbey with Mother Hilda.
5: One of our friends asked if she could do the floral arrangements for our church to honour the day, and we readily agreed. So our friend Cecilia, who is very good, did some Ikebana for us. That's that beautiful art of Japanese flower arranging. Cecilia came arrayed with a modicum of flowers and set to work slowly and reverently. When finished, she simply slipped out of the church and left the results for us to find. They were stunning. I learnt something yet again that day. In Ikebana, the idea of emptiness allows for each flower to breathe And reveals the contrasts among the elements as well as the harmony and the balance found in the asymmetrical arrangement. Ikebana is meant to carry something of a message. To do that it works with the space, it does not dominate it. It takes into account what is important in that space and complements it. It doesn't stand on its own. I thought of us And how often we try to dominate a space, and perhaps think that the event or situation is all the better for our contribution, when in fact we really needed to pay attention to the emptiness. All we have really done is left ourselves there, not brought out what already was. We do it so easily, perhaps because we feel insecure, maybe, or we just don't notice. I thought that so often we're afraid of the apparent emptiness inside us and so we cover it up with noise and who knows what else. I thought of God and how unobtrusively he works, not with great supplies and armfuls of equipment, but rather with simplicity and grace. I thought about how he works with who we are, And doesn't ask us to be anything else i thought how he manages always to bring out the best in you and me and we don't even notice that he's at work and then i thought really about us are we like cecilia's ikebana artwork does everything we do point to god or ourselves i think every time you and i make a decision to put ourselves out of the picture, and focus on someone else. We are working beautifully with God's space, the way he works with the space of our hearts. When our lives point to something other than us, the world has been blessed, as we were blessed when we walked into our church after Cecilia had been at work. Thank
0: you to Mother Hilda Scott there. I
5: tell you, she can take anything.
0: It comes into her field of vision, into her experience, even something as seemingly simple and seemingly non-theological, like flower arranging, and weave and see God at work in the midst of that activity and and find lessons to learn from it too. So she, like good Japanese flower arrangers, is asking us to put ourselves out of the picture and work beautifully with God's space, which along with the wonderful reading that we have already heard and the, the Gospel being broken open by Stephen Drum really leads in very well to the social justice statement. What we're going to focus on in the next couple of parts of the show and that's going to be with an interview with uh, Dr Lauren Cadwell. She's from Catholic Care, Sydney. It's going to be in a couple of parts. We will uh, have some great music in the mix as well but after the break, Max Norton is going to be interviewing Dr Lauren Cadwell. A bit more music first up though. Here's Brian and Katie Tewall, King of All the Earth. Then you'll be in the very safe hands and the very good interview skills of Mr Max Norton and get some great insights from Dr Lauren Cadwell. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy. Thanks for joining us this week on The Journey.
3: on the journey, faith, hope, and love for life in all its fullness.
1: The Church in Australia has published social justice statements each year since 1940 on a wide range of topics, and this year's statement's titled Respect, Confronting Violence and Abuse. The Australian bishops have used their annual social justice statement to condemn the scourge of domestic and family violence, saying that relationships must be marked by respect and freedom rather than coercion and control. And To help us more with the 2022 social justice statement, we're talking to Dr. Lauren Cadwell, who works for Catholic Care for the Archdiocese of Sydney. And Lauren's had significant clinical experience working with families affected by domestic and family violence, and particularly in men's behaviour change programs and children's contact services. So, Welcome to the journey, Lauren.
6: Thanks, Max. It's a pleasure to be here.
1: Let's delve into this 2022 social justice statement from the Australian Catholic Bishops. What's the general theme that they're pushing in this statement this year?
6: What we know is that the most common forms of violence against women in Australia is domestic and family violence and sexual assault. Um, Women are nearly three times more likely than men to experience violence from an intimate partner. And it's not about individual acts of violence, and indeed this was what was reflected in the Bishop's statement in that women are much more likely than men to experience patterns of coercive and controlling behaviours from the intimate partners, such as verbal and financial abuse, psychologically controlling acts, and social isolation. And the violence that they experience looks different to what men might experience from women. So women are three times more likely to be injured and five times more likely to fear for their lives compared with male victims of domestic and family violence. What are some
1: of the drivers of violence from men against women?
6: So men's violence towards women is not underpinned or driven by anger, but rather it draws from prevalent gendered attitudes that exist in our society, which men use, who use violence draw on and practice in their relationships. So this can include um, patriarchal attitudes, such as that they might hold the right to be in charge of their partner and family and to limit women's independence. Men who use abuse and violence in their family systems might also use rigid or gendered stereotypes to create rules in their families about women, what women can or can't do, such as how the division of work or parenting should occur in the family.
1: Is there a difference between the way that men treat women in a violent or abusive way to the way it might play out in, say, people with disabilities or people from diverse cultural backgrounds? Is is there any difference there or are they they similar?
6: I think people um, from those communities are likely to experience different types of control in those relationships of violence. So, for example, women from migrant or refugee backgrounds might experience unique forms of control and abuse and violence. Uh, So for example, there might be control over their visa status for women um, or children who are experiencing disabilities. It might be that there is control over their medication or their access to medical care and supports, which are just other forms of being able to control what they can do.
1: We're talking about the 2022 Australian Bishop social justice statement on uh, domestic violence and we'll be back shortly with more from Lauren but right now let's take a music break and here's the porter's gate we love unto glory
7: my God my God where will I go Oh, Heart by hands, their kingdom bound, glory.
3: hope, love and life. This is The Journey.
1: On The Journey, we're continuing our discussion with Dr Lauren Cadwell on the Bishop's 2022 social justice statement. It's called Respect, Confronting Violence and Abuse. And the Bishops are highlighting the extensive abuse throughout contemporary Australian society. And they're calling us to listen to the vulnerable voices of victims and survivors of family and domestic violence, but they've also given us a bit of a glimpse into some of the life enhancing programs that are available to help address the issue. So Lauren, I think you've had a lot of experience in this uh, program driven process. Can you break that open a bit more for us about what's available to help deal with and confront abuse situations?
6: There are many men who have used control or abuse in their relationships, who wish to change and who choose to change. And I think, you know, it's important to note that many men, you know, don't wake up in the morning and I think want to be abusive or violent towards their partners. You know, certainly there are times, of course, where they are benefiting from the privilege and entitlements of having you know, more power in their families um, and more rights over the decision making in their families. But many men who use abuse and violence have been have taken on um, social conditioning that has given them this idea that they have more rights and entitlements in their relationship. Uh, those men also can hold lots of ethical values and beliefs that they love and care for their families, um, that they want their partners to feel equal and um, in a partnership and respected. And of course, the bishop's statement also spoke to the need for relationships to be characterised by partnership, by equality and by respect. You work for Catholic Care.
1: So what are some of the actual programs that people can get involved in that will help a man address his issues? What, What are some of the practical things that you've got?
6: Yeah, so there are many services, including other Catholic Cares and including um, our organisation, Catholic Care Sydney, that runs what's called an Accredited Men's Behaviour Change Program. And what we do is we provide support to men who want to, to change their behaviour and uh, think about their attitudes and beliefs that are supportive of their abuse and violence and look at the men that they want to be in relationships, the fathers that they want to be to children and to move them towards equal relationships. Relationships where their partners feel respected, where they feel cared for and equal in those relationships. And so those programs support men to understand the impacts and the experiences of women and children who have experienced control and abuse and violence, to understand what are some of those beliefs or drivers that they hold that support their abuse and violence, but also to explore what relationship equality looks like, what respect in relationship looks like, and what, what are the wishes and needs of their partners, of their children, and so that they can make significant and genuine changes towards equality, towards respect and care in those relationships. So what sort of timeframe are we
1: talking about? Are these short duration or longer duration courses?
6: So men's behaviour change programs generally run for a couple of months. Um, So ours runs for 18 weeks. It's a group program that men are supported with other men in the group. It's a very safe program for for men to come into. Um, And they also are provided with individual support. At the same time, these programs also provide support to women and children within those relationships. And and that gives also women and children opportunity uh, to explore their needs and their goals and um, what safety looks like for them um, and to access supports around counselling as well. So you're supporting both sides at the same time? Yeah, absolutely. Great. It's good to hear that.
1: And any other specific programs apart from the the men's one that um, you might ask people to consider?
6: Yeah, so I think the one eight hundred respect is a national line that offers, you know, that will offer re- referral and counselling um, for women nationally, for women and children to, to understand where to go and where to seek support, but also for community members or family or friends who might be exper- who might be supporting families who are experiencing domestic and family violence. In New South Wales, we have women's domestic violence court advocacy services and local coordination points, which are a really good access point for women to, um, you know, uh, receive access to counselling, but other supports that they might need as well, whether it be around organising financial support, um, or accommodation support, um, or other wellbeing supports for themselves and their children.
1: Yeah, and that's also obviously available in each of the other states because we're a national program, so we're in your local. State state, you'll be able to find something similar. The same with Catholic Care is also a a national organisation. So it's only a matter of looking up your local Catholic Care office, their their phone number, their contact details and um, contact them. And I'm sure they'll be able to give you great assistance. So thanks for being on, on the journey this weekend, Lauren, and thanks for breaking open a little bit the 2022 Australian Bishops Social Justice Statement.
6: My pleasure, Max. Thanks for having me on your show.
3: I'm from Yerenboa, New South Wales, and you're on the journey. together on the journey faith hope and love for life in all its fullness
1: and now seeing god in life's everyday events here is father mike delaney
8: it's possible for priests in australia and new zealand to volunteer or offer to go to Norfolk Island as a visiting priest to celebrate Mass for a couple of weeks and weekends and have a nice, well-earned break. There are about 10 or so regular parishioners who live on the island, and each weekend there would be some visitors, mostly from the Australian mainland, who joined them as a community and joined us for the Masses while I was there. I was also able to celebrate mass most afternoons for a small group who appreciated the presence of a visiting priest. Being able to enjoy a holiday on such a wonderful island was really special. and was made even more so by the meals I enjoyed with different members of the community, both in their homes and at various restaurants around the island. Another of the things I enjoyed immensely about my time on the island was the quiet pace of life being able to wander down the road into the CBD, or village, which would probably be a better way of describing it, stopping for a coffee, some groceries, or whatever else I needed. But it was at a pace that was just so different to everything that was happening back in the parish in Tasmania at the time. Another of the reasons for remembering the time was that I was actually there on Bounty Day, the 8th of June. The day remembers the date in 1856, when the Pitcairn Islanders arrived on Norfolk Island after receiving land grants from Queen Victoria so that the descendants of the Bounty Mutiny could start life afresh. But why am I remembering the event now and why am I mentioning it as part of my God in the Everyday God Spot? Well, I'm still using Zoom several times a week and I like to vary the background image so I'm always looking for something new and or different. Recently I found some photos of my time on Norfolk Island, and I found a photo of a Morton Bay fig tree with huge roots, with me standing in the midst of them. I decided to use it as a background, but when friends from the US saw it, they asked about it, and after explaining what it was, I began to reflect on my time on the island and the people that I'd met. It reminded me that there are so many events in my life that I skip over in the busyness of my every day. But it especially reminded me of why I went to Norfolk Island in the first place. i had become so busy that I wasn't looking after myself and I was exhausted and I was missing the obvious in the every day. While I was on the island, I had the time to reflect on all the good things God does for me. That He does them every day. So the picture and others I found reminded me that sometimes memories of happy times and great events shouldn't just be memories. They should provide us with a stopping point so that we can be renewed and refreshed and recreated, filled with hope and life as we remember joyous moments of our past. So where can you go today to help you to be refreshed and recreated? I started by looking at the huge root structure of a Morton Bay fig that reminded me that God is so much bigger than I am and that he wants me to remember the good that is in every day.
4: If there is a God Who holds the whole world in his hand Then where were you When mine came crashing down If there is a God Who tells the sun and the stars where to shine, then where were you when all the lights went out? These are the questions from a heart, desperate to know just where you
7: are. Right now I can't see you, but I'm choosing to believe there is a God says me, he has a plan and I'm protected by his hand through flood and fire Hey,
4: and there is a guy who's working all things for my good sometimes slower than I think he should
7: but his ways are higher so I'm looking forward
4: to the day when I see the purpose for this pain oh but until
0: it's phillips craig and dean and the song there is a god before that we heard from uh, father mike delaney based down in tasmania looking after a parish in hobart he's a great man of god doing some wonderful things in his parishes big fan of alpha just as as i am and so many other parishes are we heard from father father chris ryan last week in, a, in an inter- interview he was uh, also speaking glowingly of the wonderful things that come out of alpha Today, though, Father Mike spoke to us about how happy times and great events shouldn't just be memories. We should have them just plotted out and be looking for opportunities at lots of regular points to be refreshed and recreated. And thanks to Father Mike for that. Thank you to, to Dr. Lauren Cadwall, whose interview we've heard today with Max Norden that was breaking open the social justice statement. And thanks for Max Norden for the wonderful work he did in, in getting that interview, putting it all together. Some great insights for Social Justice Sunday. Mother Hilda Scott, of course, thank you to her. And right back at the start of the show to Father Stephen Drum, speaking on humility as he broke open the gospel for this week. Next week, we'll be launching into what is, well, spring, and and as a result, the season of creation. Wonderful part of the church calendar and the church year every year. Just before I go, a reminder that um, Mental Life to the Max is coming up in Sydney It's going to be a wonderful event with Robert Falzon and all the guys from Men Alive, some incredible speakers, some great worship, a chance for men to be renewed and refreshed after so long of being separated because of COVID. This is one of the the first big men's events that we've been able to have in the Catholic Church. Anyone's welcome, of course. Just a few weeks ago, they had a similar event up in Brisbane Well, it comes to Sydney in just a few weeks' time. Jump in your search engine and have a look at that. I'll be there. There'll be a whole bunch of, well, a whole bunch of people here on this show, who you hear really regularly who are going to be up there at at Men Alive to the Max. So get along to that. Just have a a search for Men Alive to the Max in your search engine for what will be a wonderful weekend. All right, better let you go. Thank you for listening in. I hope today's show has blessed you and has nourished you. We will be doing it all again next week. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy and you've been on the journey.
1: The Journey is presented by Jude Hennessy and produced by Max Norton from the Office of the Bishop in the Catholic Diocese of Wollongong.